All right. That's right. We are back. New episode of Dog Name Podcast with Winston Hodges, and we're doing something new. See if subliminal messaging works. I'm going to read my dates over the theme song. Oh, my gosh. January 30th, I'm at Pop Fizz Bar at 7 p.m. in Washington, D.C. February 2nd and 3rd, I'm at the Kansas City Improv opening for John Heffron. February 7th, I'm at the Alamo Draft House in Arlington at 7.30. February 8th through 10th, I'm opening for Jamie Lee at the Pelium in Portland, Oregon. Uh, February 15th, I'm at Prima, D.C. February 16th, I'm headlining Hotbed Comedy Club. February 17th, I'm in Harrisonburg working with X2 Comedy, taping a clean show. February 18th, um, I am at Metro Bar, D.C. And February 24th, I'm at Fairwinds Brewing headlining. And um, yes, this is a too long version of the theme song because I uh, just went through all that. Um, So we're going to fade it out. This is it fading. Excellent. All right. Welcome to Dog Name Podcast uh, with me, Winston Hodges. I hope you guys have had a great week. I know that I have been doing super good. I wanted to start today by uh, starting my timer, um, uh, but the, the what I would like to start with today, uh, speaking to you, um, is a comedy concern that I think I have that... All right, so I this is this is for new comics. This is for new comics, and it is okay to be terrible at comedy. It's okay. It's it's fine. I think you just need to hear that if you're a new comic. Even if you're a new comic showing pro- promise, you should know when you're new, you're terrible. You're bad at comedy, and that's okay. You're supposed to be bad. We were all bad when we started. But what I see is I see a lot of newer comics that I feel like think that they're not bad. And I, I, we can't have that. We need you to... There's there's a lot of you know, experienced comics that are bad. I have bad sets. I you know I'm, I am bad sometimes at comedy. Some would say this podcast is a perfect example of me being bad at comedy. And that's okay. Just know it's okay. It's okay to bomb. Don't get mad at yourself. Don't beat yourself up any more than like a normal than like a normal person should beat themselves up at you your joke didn't work that's okay it's all right you're gonna be bad for a very long time and it's like in dc especially they're very good about like comics getting a lot of opportunities pretty early dc is a great city to like develop and there's a lot of holes for people to be plugged in there's a lot of amazing stage time there's a lot of stage time you can work for so there's like a pretty straight line um, if you're newer to get in uh, to some of these killer production companies. But just know that just because you're doing some of those things, it doesn't mean you're good at comedy. You'll, you'll be good one day. I believe that. I believe in you. And I need you to believe in you that you're going to get good one day, but you're not good. I don't care what clubs you work. I don't care. Most, most, most comedy is bad, all right? And I'm saying that knowing that also some, if not all, of my comedy would be considered by bad, bad. So most comedy is bad. It's okay to be bad. Try new things. Be bad on stage. Have fun. Enjoy yourself. You will be good one day. Yeah, I don't know why I felt like I need to say that. I've been thinking about that a lot lately where I just feel like I'd I'd be seeing comics and they're just beating themselves up and they don't know that it's okay to just be terrible. Like enjoy being terrible. I wish I had enjoyed being really bad when I started. I didn't even get to enjoy it. I, I was so deluded that... 
the first time I did comedy was a contest and I won it. And then I started to work at a comedy club almost immediately. My first set was a contest at a club. And I think my third, fourth, and fifth sets were just working the club. Like that's where I at when I started. But I was still bad. I was still bad. But I was reliable. And I worked kind of clean. So <laughs> being bad and clean is uh, the best the best type of bad to be and still get work. But yeah, I didn't get to enjoy being bad. I didn't really get to enjoy going out to a mic and, and truly knowing how terrible I was. And like, because in my mind, I was like, oh, I'm working a club. I'm getting there. I'm figuring it out. There was never a moment where I was like, oh, I'll never. I was too deluded to know. I started to think I was more bad as I got good which is an infinitely worse headspace to live in, to where you're having good sets and you forget, and you just remember yourself being like, oh, I guess I'm still a hack piece of trash like I used to be. But just be bad. Be bad. Enjoy it. Have fun. Be bad with your friends. That was like the best part. I look back on it now, and my favorite moments in comedy were just like being at bad open mics, being bad on stage, and then just leaving being like, yeah, I learned. I learned something tonight. Like not to say that. I learned not to... I learned to never say that again. But just be bad, guys. It's okay to be bad. You'll get better. We'll all get there together. Or you won't. That's another option, actually, is you might not ever get better. <laughs> Some people don't, but it's okay. Oh, yeah, and also while we're at it, if you are buying followers, you're pathetic. I do feel that. That's an actual feeling. The being bad thing was supportive. And I think it's good to be bad. And I think you just want to figure those things out because I think that's the process of becoming an artist because you're bad at something until you do it. And you're going to be bad at it until you continue to do it over and over and over again. Um, but if you are out here buying followers, you are pathetic. It's sad. It's really sad. And here's the thing we all know. Everybody knows. There's a couple we all know. Every, every person knows. Every person in this city knows that you're buying followers. You're, you have fooled no one. You don't go from like 1,500 followers to that and your videos have less than 9,000 views. That's not how any of this works. You have more followers than you do views on your videos. And we know because there's a few of you out there. And just stop. Just stop. Get the help you need because you need help. That's like a mental – that's a mental illness issue. That's a – that's – we all – you all all should be faking it until you make it. Every last one of you should be absolutely faking it till you make it, just being like f having fake confidence and feeling like you're good and getting on stage and owning that stage. That's not what I'm talking about. That's okay to do it. If you are entering your credit card into a uh, Chinese website uh, for them to farm bots for you, is you, that is sad. That is a that is that you should have a prescription written for you. You you should be seeing someone once, maybe twice a week, and you should get help. Because that's not good. That's not a good look. I can you can you imagine thinking you fooled somebody? Like that's cr that's wild. It's like we see you at these shows. It's like this is this is wild, dude. I know real people that are internet famous. Real people that have like earned it, working their butt off, whether it's jokes or or dancing or like talking to the camera or like doing other, like dude, those people have earned it. They haven't bought. I, I haven't bought any bots. Every bot I have, I earned. Every single bot I have has just been farmed onto my thing, and not because I gave them any money, just because I had posted a video with the right hashtag, and people were like, we're going to follow this guy, and then we're going to send him DMs about our sex chats. 
That's that's the type of bots I have. And those are in the filtered requests. I don't look at those. I don't look at those requests. I look at other requests, not the not the filtered sex box. I mean it's my my filter request is literally like bots making a group Instagram message with me and 30 other comics being like, do you want us to air sex videos? And thankfully, none of the comics ever respond. But I don't I don't look at those. But quit, buy, quit buying your followers, y'all. There's a few of y'all out there. You don't need to do that. Just, just, you know what? I know. You're probably like, I got to buy these followers. You think it's going to help. It's the opposite. It makes me sad, and I don't want to feel sad for you. I want you to work hard. I want you to get better at comedy. I want you to earn those followers. And then on the other hand, I don't really give a shit what you do with your money, dude. I don't know. Like, honestly, buy as many followers as you want. I really don't care. I'm complete, I, Honestly, I've completely flip-flopped on the issue. I think you should buy yourself followers. Uh, I think you should. Honestly, I think you should buy me followers. I think if you're buying anybody followers, I thought that would be like the funniest prank of all time. Uh, as I as I do think it would be absolutely hilarious to spend like a thousand dollars and then buy like a million followers for like one of my friends, and then they wake up and think that they had a million followers overnight, and then you take that away from them. <laughs> yeah, buy followers, man. That's actually fine. Honestly, it feels fine. I, that's all. Because here's the thing. I love talking stand up. I love stand up comedy so much. These are just my opinions. And I flip-flop on them quite often. I change from day to day. It's like the wind. You know what I mean? Like tomorrow, I think it's probably going to be don't be bad. Being bad is bad. You shouldn't be bad. That might be how I feel tomorrow. But today, how I'm feeling is let yourself be bad at comedy. Let yourself uh, learn stand-up in the in the proper way. Don't be crazy cocky. Have fun. Just have a good time being bad, learning stuff. Every bad set you have, that's a new, it's another notch on the belt, another thing you're learning. And the other thing I now believe is I believe we should all be buying followers. I think you should buy, I think you should, yeah, I don't think it's pathetic anymore. I think it's cool. That's what I think. I think it's the coolest thing that anyone's ever done. And and here's the thing. I, I think it's the coolest thing that's ever been done. And I'm saying that in a reality where someone invented the PlayStation. So... So just remember that when you're buying hundreds of thousands of followers thinking you're tricking your friends, you're cooler than the guy that invented the PlayStation. (laughs) That's what I believe. You're cool. You're cooler than that. You're you're cooler than the autistic man that invented Pokemon. That's a pretty cool guy. I can't think of his name right now, but that dude's like a king in the in the autism community. That was like on we had in the classroom when I was teaching. He'd be on the wall and be like, "What are the people?" With autism, what have they accomplished? Like, we had, like, those guys. And then the only one that my kids looked up to was the Pokemon guy. They're like, oh, my God. <laughs> but, yeah, buy followers if you want to, man. It's your life. It's your money. Do whatever you want to do. You could you could work at getting better at comedy, but you don't have to. You're perfectly fine buying those followers, baby. Hey, what you doing? I'm, I'm, I've said it once. I'll say it again. If you're going to buy followers, though, be cool. Buy me some. I'm just saying, that would, it might it might change my life. Honestly, the more I talk about it, I think I should start buying followers. I honestly think that because I, there's a lot of these bookers that are. Because here's the thing: if I bought followers, it might work because I have enough videos with multi-million views that it could be feasible that I have a hundred thousand followers. But uh, 
also the thing with when you buy followers, it's like we here's the thing. If you bought followers and you're wondering if people know, the reason we know is everyone is shocked you have followers. And so we go to your followers and they're all like Ryan two seven six eight four nine four three like they like they like I don't know can get AI to write some real names like some puns something silly or fun why are all the bot names like Charlie seventeen fourteen nine it's like I don't know man and and also can you buy bots that interact like is that like a is that a thing uh, invent that someone invent that someone invent bots that actually help you in the algorithm because when you have 190,000 followers and 15 likes on your post thanking all your followers <laughs> like what are you doing man there's a lot of people out there like that and you live your own truth you do what you need to do so remember this last time we'll say this you buy followers you're sick dude you're pretty sick. You're like the you're the Sean White. You're Sean White. That's what you are, dude. You're like an X Games guy. That's how cool you are. You're the Tony Hawk of buying followers. Remember that. I think that's all the comedy stuff I wanted to talk. I haven't uh, the I haven't been anywhere uh, recently. I go uh, to Baltimore tomorrow to do comedy, which will be fun. I was in Rockville, uh, Maryland tonight at a meadery uh, doing a show for Boston Comedy Club. Um, the show of the second one I've done, first show was amazing. This show tight, We're talking tight crowd. We're talking, weren't giving the openers what they deserve with their jokes. And uh, do they so they had intermission in the show tonight, which is first of all that that is brutal. Intermissions are wild, but these shows are usually brewery, so they're trying to whatever. It's brutal, and and the thing is, is just like with the host and the feature set. They were not getting what they deserved because the crowd was just so tight and the space wasn't super inviting for he, for laughter tonight. Um, but what happened was they had the intermission, and during the intermission, they were quiet before the show started. You know what I mean? You guys know when you walk into a room, because I, I don't know at what point you learn this in comedy or when it becomes like a skill, um, but I I can walk into a room and I can sense the energy in the room. It's you can feel the vibe of like this is gonna be weird, whatever. And this was like fifty to sixty people sold out show, and everybody is like not talking to each other. There's no there's no energy in the room. You can't feel anything, and the music's playing thankfully, and that's nice. But no one's talking to each other. And then the host of the feature goes up, and 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 they just just don't get what they deserve. And then during the intermission, everybody's talking to each other. So, like, it feels like this is going to be good. Like, this is going to be great. And then the moment they say the second half of the show is going to start, these people, it, dude, it is never a good sign when the crowd has better energy during the 10-minute intermission. That is horrifying. Um, but I got a lot of experience working uh, tight room, so uh, I had a very good set, but it was work. And I am a comic that I don't like working. I think there's different comics. I don't like it. I wanna I've I've worked a lot. I've already done a lot of work in comedy. I've worked my butt off doing shows and doing mics in the middle of nowhere. And now I just I'm done. I don't want to work. And this was just thirty five minutes to forty minutes of just working. Just like I think I did like a like fifty minutes of jokes in thirty five minutes because it's like I at, at least for me like a trick is like one bringing the energy um, that I try to do and this doesn't always work right like I just luckily found a vein I think going after the intermission helped me and I think just the fact that it I just wouldn't let up so it was like 
the first two minutes I was riffing on the room and was getting chuckles, and then I went into a joke I usually close with, and just like literally the like I would not even let them finish laughing. I was going into the next thing, and I was dropping like it's one of those shows where like you're dropping tags because you're like, man, these tags don't these tags don't work in a good room. You know what I mean? Like these tags are. They're they're added at the end of the joke because it's for me. Like that's the type of tag I'm dropping them, and it's just like and just boom, 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 and just hammered it through, and and it, and it went really well, but it didn't feel good. It felt like work. So that's what I was doing tonight. Uh, hopefully, we'll have more to talk about uh, next week after the uh, Baltimore thing, or um, if we record when I get back from Kansas City, which I think will be pretty fun because I'll be at the Kansas City Improv next weekend working with John Heffern, which I'm excited about, man. Do you know who John Heffron is? If you don't know, it's it's fine. But it's, so John Heffron, um, so I'm 33. So I remember when, uh, like, not only was Last Comic Standing a TV show, uh, like I was wa- like watching it at the beginning, where it was like, like an actual reality show where they're like living in the house together, which is the best, honestly. They should bring back Last Comic Standing and make it the way it was in the first season, which is really good, dope, super funny working comics, living in a house together and doing challenges. Yeah, so you've seen him before, yeah. But so John Heffern, I think he won season two, or he was like a finalist in season two or something, but like he he made it pretty far on it. And I remember thinking he was really, really funny. And now it's about twenty three years later I'm doing stand up, and so it's kinda cool I'm gonna get to feature for him. So I'm very I'm very excited to fly out. Um, to work with him, I'm gonna go get barbecue one day. That'll that'll be really great. But wouldn't that be awesome, man? With last comic, if it was like really good working comics that we knew, and they made them live in a house together and just do super weird shit, and like just making them do like Survivor esque challenges, and it's just like, yeah, I don't know, man. That that the dude, it, I I I don't I don't know if you can find the episodes anywhere, but the first season of Last Comic Standing is like so good. It is so awesome there's some really great comics in there um like i think ralphie mays in season one uh rest in peace very funny dude and it's just fun because it's like they'll do like all right you got to bark people into your show and so you're watching headliners bark people in and then it's like okay well now you gotta you have to perform at a laundromat and it's just like what the hell are they dude it's it's really fun i need to find all the and they also used to do like so when they brought last comic standing back it was just good comics on it auditioning dude the first season they had like, you. It was like American Idol, where it was like you would get like the worst comedians who have ever lived doing two minutes to the producers, which are three people, uh, and 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 dude, and it's just like some of the best best bombing I've ever remembered. So if you can find the first season of Last Comic Standing, uh, please link it to me, um, or or and watch it, man. It's really really. Really good. Um, but yeah, I had to work with John Heffern, so I'm kind of I'm pretty excited about that. So I got some cool stuff coming up. Um, so please come out to a show if you're a fan and you're out in these areas. Please come out and say hi to me. Tell me you listen to this stuff. I would really ap- appreciate it. Um, I get other stuff I want. Uh, only political thing I want to say is um, is that, I don't know. I'm not a crazy like I say I'm not a crazy political person. I do follow politics pretty close now. I just don't really like talking about it too much unless it's a joke that I think everybody can laugh at. Um, uh, Nikki Haley is like, uh, she's running against Trump for the Republican thing. And um, they're all, the Republican people are so scared of saying anything that, like outside of Chris Christie, no one was really saying that they didn't like Trump or whatever because they're like kind of scared to do that. Uh the f- one of the funniest things I saw 
Uh, one, I saw Vivek Ramaswamy talking about how he's never faced racism in his life, and then, and then the people that are voting for him are saying, like, one lady, one dude said, "Oh, I'm just so glad that your wife doesn't have uh, a giant fat ass," <laughs> which is really funny. Hold on one second here. Yeah, sorry guys, I, I hadn't seen that before. The the we got a we got like a two man operation going right now, and I had to lean out of camera um, to make sure that the audio was still recording. But so that's one thing. The Vivek Ramaswamy thing was really funny to me. Chris Christie getting caught on a hot hot mic, saying that like none of the like DeSantis can't handle uh, a Trump, and Nikki Haley's gonna get crushed by him is really funny. One that one of the wildest thing any of them said is someone asked Nikki Haley what the Civil War was over. And she said everything but slavery. <laughs> she would just would not say slavery. She kept dodging the question. And here's the deal. I I study a lot of history. I was a big Civil War guy. Um, uh, like uh, I had a, a class in college. I was like under one of the premier Civil War historians in the country when I was at Virginia Tech. I used to be so obsessed with that era of American history. I I taught history. Um, the Civil War, yes, is over states' rights, but the number one state's right <laughs> was the right to have slaves and what states were going to be able to add slavery. It was like, it was like, anytime anyone has the other thing where like, it's states' rights, it's like, what was the number one state's rights? It's like, okay, slavery. They're like, it was, it was about uh, economic expansion where the North didn't want the South to be as strong economically as they were, so they didn't want, but it's like, okay, but how were they accomplishing that? Well, they were saying they couldn't have slaves in these new states, and it's like, yeah, so that's, so, dude, even I think racists agree that it was over slavery. That's what's crazy. Because even racists are like, yeah, it was over slavery. Sure do, sure do wish we had it. Sure wish we brought that back. That would be pretty sick. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just that, that one always put a little smile on my face because how crazy uh, that one is. Um, oh, yeah. I, uh, I'm, tr- I'm trying to come back to, like, uh, Boston and Cambridge. I was there last summer at Duck Duck Goofs, which is, like, a great independent show. Um, but they will not respond to my emails. Um, <laughs> trying to come back. It was it was hard to get a hold of them the first time. So I don't know. We'll we'll figure out uh uh something. I'll probably text a friend and get the guy's phone number and uh, tell him I've kidnapped his dog or something. So uh, whatever it takes to 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 get me on those shows. But I want to go back there. Um, the thing that I haven't found a way to talk about on stage. I tried it one time, but I I want to share with you guys. Um, I want you the uh, the Harvard like Anthropology Museum, um, and it's nuts. They've got so many different types of dead animals in there, where there's like all these stuffed animals. They and they've got all different. They had like an insect room that had like hundreds and thousands of insects, and they had like um, uh, like all this other shit that was so so cool and so dope. Um, but they had a mammal room, and and they had all, they had everything. They had like every mammal, like so many mammals, but they didn't have dogs. They didn't have any stuffed dogs. And I started thinking like, do we get so sad about a dog being dead that we can't study them in (laughs) an anthropology museum? Like they had like raccoons and like mirrors, like they had other cute animals. But like I looked everywhere for dogs and I was like, where's the dogs? And they're like, what do you mean where's the dogs? I was like, I thought you would have dogs in there. You had a... They had a, they had a damn whale carcass. They had like a whale car, like the top of the thing is a giant whale carcass, and it's like, where's the corgis? They're like, what do you do, corgis? 
Why would we stuff a cord? Like what? Are you what? Are you some sort of pervert? <laughs> are you some sort of sick dead dog pervert? I'm like, no, I'm not a dead dog pervert. I'm just like, why would you not in the mammal thing have the have the best mammal? And it has to be because it would just be like if I walked into an anthropology museum with a group of people, and then the first thing you see is every type of dog stuffed on a wall, you would be like, I have to get the hell out of this place. This place is horrifying. What what nightmare shop run by an anthropomorphic cat? <laughs> what type of living cat person man has stuffed all these? Just come into the Harvard Anthropology Museum. We have beagles and golden retrievers. And we have them up on spikes like they're butterflies. <laughs> it's like, oh my, oh my God. But yeah, I didn't know why they didn't have that. And um, I tried that as a joke, and uh, it didn't work. No one thought it was funny. No one thought it was funny that I thought it was weird there was no dogs in the Anthropology Museum. And it is funny. Like, and I know it's funny because I, I thought of it. <laughs> that's, uh, that's how I know it's funny. It might not be a good joke, but it is funny. And if there's an anthropology museum that you've been to that has dogs in it, send me the link to that because that I want to meet those people because that is that's someone that I tell you what, loves history and they love anthropology and they love science because you got to be pretty ballsy to have dead dogs mounted on display in a museum. But they did they had every other animal, they had foxes, just every cute mammal you could think of, all the different types. I looked at every single one, I didn't see a single damn dog. From, not a dog for miles. Not a do- that would be wild, though, because you could, like, feasibly, if you had a service animal, you could take your dog in there. And just, like, that would just be so funny to take your dog in and just being like, look at that. <laughs> look at you. That's you. That could be you. I'm donating you to science when you die. <laughs> I'm leaving my dog's body to science when he dies. And I hope they don't. I just hope they don't do any weird shit with it, <laughs> like weird experience. That because that's the thing is you leave your body to science when you die, and like you don't really specify what the science is, right? Like you don't like because I think we want. I think the two things you want is one, maybe like a skeleton. Like you're just you're just a skeleton in a science class. That's fun. That that's a that's a fun one to be. Just a skeleton in the corner, and the kids are like, "Is that a real skeleton?" Is yeah, that's real. That's Mr. Hodges. That's he donated his body to science so that you could learn about the bones. <laughs> you learn about all the bones, Jonathan. You learn all the little Johnny. Just two hundred and what six bones? Sixteen bones? Shit, that feels stupid. Look that up. How many bones? There's this. It's two. I know that the first number is two and the last number is six, but I don't know if it's two hundred six or two sixteen. This is the Yusuf is looking this up right now. How many bones are in the human? Or he's playing uh, Angry Birds or something. Two hundred six. I knew it was one of the two. I knew the first and the. I should have gone with my heart and said two hundred six, and I corrected it with two sixteen, and it made me feel now I'm stupid. But jolly little Johnny learned about two hundred six bones. But you know what? Do you know what Mr. Hodges? favorite bone was the humorous so little little science joke for you <laughs> folks at home that's that's number one that's the one that's cool two 
I think cadaver, like the medical cadaver. I think that is too. People learning on your bodies, hopefully not making fun of your weird wiener. Like that's kind of what you want. You want to be on a science table. They're cutting you up. They're teaching doctors how to doctor. And you hope that, yeah. And, but there's a lot more science than that, right? There's a lot more science than that. So what other, like, I don't know, man. Like what if you donated your body and it's just like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a, this, this experiment is we're going to put a bomb in him and we're going to blow him up. Just blood and what? What for? Bomb science. <laughs> we're seeing. We're seeing if we blow something up. Cause that picture, like, if you like donate your body to science, could the military get a piece of that? Are they allowed to just do that? Or like, what if you donate your body and then that and they use your body to create the novel coronavirus in a lab in China? <laughs> That's funny because they did. And now I um. <laughs> that is like another thing that I think is wild is it's just like I'm definitely I'm so va- pro-vax I'm vaccinated I'm boosted I gotta get my next booster I've, uh, I've gotten it a lot but it is like I don't know who made it in the lab but it was made in the lab right like that's no yeah okay that's what I feel like that's cause this is, I don't know that might be oh man this episode is gonna get flagged <laughs> damn it I know as soon as I said that it's gonna get flagged Literally, this is going to be on Spotify. That's like, he's going to lie about the COVID virus. It's like, COVID's real. Very real. People have died from it. I'm vaccinated. I did everything I was supposed to do. But it's like, I don't know. I think even John Stewart said it. it was like, there there was a coronavirus lab in Wuhan, China. And then that's where, like, they didn't even name it different. Why wouldn't you just call it, why wouldn't you just call it a different name? <laughs> I don't okay, what were we talking about? I'll cut that out. I th- I should probably I should I really should cut that out probably. It's gonna get flat. That joke was not worth it. Yes, yeah, so science. The way you want science to use your body. But you know, they might be testing bombs on your body. They might honestly there's might be a lot of weird penis science. And I don't I don't really wanna you know, you don't want wiener science. Like that would be wild. If they're just like, Yeah, Mr. Hodges donated his body to science and uh, we used it to find out uh, what type of cat likes to eat penis the most. And it's like, what are we, why are we, I don't, you don't get to heaven when your body's being used as that, I don't think. I think your whole body has to be intact. That's why I'm not going to get uh, cremated. Yeah, that's a weird religious belief I still have, is I'm, uh, as I have a fear of if I get cremated, I won't go to heaven. <laughs> that's the thing. Because I'm always like, what if you do it? And then, like, what you are in heaven is what the body was put in the ground. And then you get to heaven, and you're just dust. I'm so stupid. That is, like, sometimes, I will say this podcast is really good for one thing, which is sometimes you have these dumb thoughts that are, like, stuck in your head for your entire life of what you believe. And then you don't realize how stupid they are until you say them out loud in a in a room <laughs> and realize that literally twos of people are going to listen to it. You know what I mean? We've got at least a couple of twos that check in every week. Yeah, that's a fear that I have. Because being cremated would be nice. I think it would be nice to be in like a little urn and uh, make all house guests uncomfortable when they see my urn underneath a giant portrait of myself um, in whoever's house it would be in. Um, but yeah, I, uh, 
Yeah, I'm afraid. Like, I don't know. Like, I, th- I guess you get everything back when you get there. But what if you don't? What if you get up there and St. Peter's like, we had one rule, man. Go in the ground. <laughs> it's the one rule. I don't know why. Nothing else mattered. Going in the going in the ground full bodied. But I guess that's like, I don't know. Then that if I if that was real, then people that die in fires would and I don't believe that. So, look at me. Look at making progress. That's what I'll talk about that in therapy, I think. Oh, here's another here's another idea I had. Um I was watching tennis. I don't know if they're still doing that. This was a this was a few months ago when I was watching it. I was watching um I think the US Open tennis and uh they have Russian tennis players, but they're still like boycotting Russia. So like they don't show like every other person, it'll be like Coco Golf, American flag, and you're like, I know that one, baby, stars and stripes. And then they'll be like, oh, so and so, and then like different, like, like Morocco. They would just do like, oh, you know, do you see the flag next to it? The Russian one, no flag. They're not. They don't post a flag. Yeah, you know? which I don't like. They're trying to be like taking the power away from it. I think it makes it more powerful. Like to like, you, if I see no flag, I know it's still Russia. So I think that what they should do is, if you're Russian. Uh, you have to compete under the Ukrainian flag. <laughs> I think that would be fun. That would make me very happy. Where it's like, oh, you know, so-and-so. Welcome to Ukraine. I think that would piss them off really good. Um, okay, that was an idea. Didn't work great. Uh, Nikki Haley, we talked about her. Uh, I've also been binge-watching. So, and I, I can't even say binge-watching. I've I've been in the process with my girlfriend of watching Criminal Minds uh, for like almost... Maybe not quite a year, honestly. Yeah, I think a little over. A year, like we're we're at about a about a year now that we've been watching it. But we'll we'll do breaks. It's like sixteen seasons, so we'll do like um, we'll watch uh, uh, what's it called? We'll we'll watch um, we'll watch like one show that's got a few seasons, and then when that's done, we'll watch a season of Criminal Minds while we pick the next show. Um, and it's really fun, and I like it. So, but we're we're at like season twelve now, so we've only got like four seasons left. And uh, I, I've noticed this about the Criminal Minds thing, which if you don't know what Criminal Minds is, it's basically like they follow the member of the behavior anal- the members of the behavioral analysis unit of the FBI in Quantico. Their whole job is they catch serial killers. Uh, they're profilers, which is so crazy because it's like I've been told my entire life that you're not supposed to be a profiler, but it's like, oh, unless you're good at it. <laughs> if you're really good at it, we'll actually, you know what I mean? Like, because if you're a cop, it's like, you better not profile anybody. And they're like, unless you're great, then you're going to, well, you're b- the best cop, actually, if you could. If you, also, this show's pretty progressive because there's like 200 something episodes and uh, pretty much not once was the killer ever black. It's always white guys. It's always white fellas like me. And it's like maybe every other season it'll be a person of color. Like, and the rest is just like, no, that's white guys doing all this. We're, we're got to keep the statistics there. Uh, and, and there's like this other chick. Like, uh, and another thing is like for the first 12 seasons, there's this character, Derek Morgan, who's played by Shamar Moore. Who's just a very handsome, uh, uh, beautiful gentleman. He's a very, he's a very hot black guy. And, and he's like a poor man's, um, uh, oh man, what's his, I can't believe I'm blanking, uh, Tay Diggs. That's what he reminds me of. He's like, uh, just like that type of vibe of just like a hot guy that's maybe not in the best stuff. Uh, uh, but, but so it's just like, yeah, so it's just like a generically hot dude. And there's this, uh, a bigger white chick named Penelope and she just sexually harasses him the entire series. The entire series, it's just like, 
He's like, what's up? And then she's on the phone like, hey, sugar baby. What? And I was like, oh, this is gross. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about it. She's like, what's swinging between your legs, daddy? And it's like, we're trying to solve a case. There's Someone's been murdered. Someone has been murdered. There's been somebody who was killed and they donated his body to penis science. <laughs> we have to figure it out. Uh, but yeah, just a hit. It's just gross. Because look, that sh- wouldn't fly the other way. Like it doesn't fly. That's an infinitely worse television show. If it's like, and like, yeah, he reciprocates and they're flirting, but you know, it's come on. Uh, but it's like it, it's it's a very different show if it's a big black dude and a little like hot white girl and he's just saying things like, "Let me see your chest, mommy. Let daddy see your chest, mommy, baby girl. Come on, you hot, you hot little." <laughs> It's a great show, though. They they catch the they they catch the killers the same way in pretty much every single episode, though, because you did, you watch two hundred something episodes of a show. The the formula there is formulaic, right? Uh, it, it's so like the the one of the main ones is the, they'll have to trick the serial killer into like revealing himself, and so the way that they do that is um, they send a gorgeous blonde girl named JJ on the news and she reveals the profile of the killer and she's like tonight we're going to reveal the profile of the killer um we could tell by the way uh that the killer um uh stabbed his wife or just like the way we could tell by the way that the killer stabbed this woman and the way that he uh how deep the knife wounds went in the body we can tell that he has a small penis and he's gay and then it just cuts to a guy that looks like me who's like it's not small <laughs> it's like oh boy you're making me so mad i'm gonna have to Cut a white woman's head off. <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's about time. I think we're almost at 38, 39 minutes here. And so what I would like to do is, before we get out of here, let's run through these dates again. And I'll say one last thing. Uh, January 30th, I'm in Washington, D.C. at Pop Fizz Bar. Uh, February 2nd to February 3rd, I'm at the Kansas City Improv with John Heffron. February 7th, I am hosting a show at the Alamo Draft House in Arlington at 7.30. February 8th to the 10th, I'm at the Portland Helium with Jamie Lee, one of my bestest friends. Very funny. Cannot wait to work with her again. February 15th, I'm at Prima D.C. February 16th, I'm headlining at Hotbed Comedy Club. February 17th, I'm in Harrisonburg, Virginia with X2 Comedy. Get your tickets for that. I'm taping like a clean thing to submit to try to get some pretty dope stuff. I would be really, really, really appreciative if you guys came out to that. Um, February 18th, I'm at Metro Bar DC. And February 24th, I'm at Fairwinds Brewery. And uh, where is that at? Fairfax? What is Fairwinds in? Lorton. Come, Lord. Oh, even better than Fairfax. Come on out. That's going to be a hoot um, and a half. Uh, I think just wrapping up before we get out of here, because um, I didn't get to talk to you about everything I wanted to do. Um, I think just remember, be bad at comedy. Uh, buy your followers if you want to or don't, because um, some days I'm going to think you're pathetic. Some days I'm going to think you're the coolest guy that's ever lived. Just know that I I, I, nah, I don't have a, you know, I flip-flop on something. It's how I'm feeling. I, I reserve the right to change my mind and have a differing opinion. I'm allowed to grow and change. And, and yeah, remember all the fun stuff I said about dogs and wieners. And um, I will say doing like a cleaner podcast uh, so that my mom can listen I've rediscovered how much fun it is to say the word wiener. And uh, I think we should bring it back. Wiener and penis. Very, very fun words to say. But yeah, I mean, I think this is the part of the show where... Boom. The, all right, the theme's playing now. And I'm just going to let that play for a little bit. I think is what I'm going to do. And I'm going to talk over it while I play that. I'm thankful for you. 
And, you know, if you want to see me live, this easiest thing to do is go to my Instagram, at Winston H. Comedy. There's a link in the bio, my link trade. You click on that. And, uh, and please put in there your sign up for my email list because I want to let you know when I'm in town. I promise I'll only email you when 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 I'm in town or or when I've got like a great investment opportunity uh, that I, I don't think you should miss out on. But please just do it. I, I would love to have you. And, and thanks for sticking around with this podcast. I think it's getting better. I think we're figuring it out. I love you. Good night. This has been Dog Name Podcast. I've been Wednesday Rogers.